Welcome to Free Talk Live. As always, you are invited. If you want to join the show, take control of the airwaves here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're going to start out the show with a story about young people. Apparently, they are lonelier than they've ever been. What's well, a surprise, right? With all the quote-unquote social media and various different apps supposedly connecting mm-hmm. people out there. Locking them up in their homes so they can get the most out of social media. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are kids even allowed out of the house these days? Well, I mean, I suspect it just depends on where you live, right? Like, if you're out in the... The uh, the rural areas, I'm sure they are. But uh, if you live in the city with a bunch of paranoid uh, hard leftists who are triple masking still, then probably not. Mm. Uh, so it just probably depends. But the question that Vice.com is, is looking at here, and by the way, tonight it's Ian here with you. Nobody. And Chris. The question they're looking at here is, you know, did the pandemic situation actually exacerbate this problem or did it just reveal something that was already happening? And I suspect it's the latter, although it might have exacerbated it a little bit, because we have talked in the past about how young people, specifically teenagers, are more likely to, quote unquote, hang out online. You know, but whereas, you know, maybe in the past when we were growing up, we would get together in physical reality with our friends, whether it be, you know, going to the mall or playing, you know, some sport or in in the woods or whatever that kids did. uh, There was much more real life interaction and not so much mm-hmm. these days yeah, especially especially not over the past couple of years right so a story here from vice at the beginning of 2022 a tiktok video of a tearful woman talking about friendship and loneliness made the rounds on twitter she said quote i have people who love me and who care about me but it was so clear that i'm a tier two or a tier three friend that that resulted in me having to spend the last two years literally alone she says further, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what did I do in my life that resulted in me being so lonely right now. I thought I had cultivated a stronger community. Now, if it turns out that your community of friends are a bunch of cowards who are locking themselves down during you know this flu, basically, this you know, nasty cold uh, over mm-hmm. the last couple of years, then yeah, it's going to be a pretty lonely existence. Uh, in our case here in New Hampshire, we had people continuing to get together. We we went out and made a point of getting together in reality when mm-hmm. people were locking themselves down. So if that's your friend, I guess, um, system, then you might want to consider cultivating new relationships entirely because cowards, I don't think, make for uh, for particularly good friends when the chips are down. If you're chilling with leftists, you're going to have a bad time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a short way of saying that. Twitter users were split. Quote, thinking of anyone going through this, I'll be your friend, writes one. Grow up and go meet people, said another. The friends you make are contingent on your actions and the energy you give. The real question is, what type of friend were you, said another. Although the reactions vary dramatically in scope, it's undeniable that friendship and loneliness were put under the microscope thanks to the pandemic. Two years on from the start of lockdown measures, 30% of young people say they don't know how to make new friends and they've never felt more alone, according to a study by the Prince's Trust. 
So I guess making friends is a skill that you don't get taught at government school, right? It's sort yeah. of just mm, comes that's for sure. naturally, I guess, when you're actually around other people. But if you're not around other people, then I don't know how you're going to make new friends. I mean, you know, I, I will say it, it does. It does. The government schools especially make it more difficult for kids because, like, you're putting places with other people that may not you may not have an interest with and and so on so i could kind of see how it could get difficult mm-hmm. i don't know i i feel like if you're in a government school on the positive side i don't have a lot of positives to yep. say about government schools i tend to think they should be abolished entirely but if they put you in a class with 30 other people there's a chance that you can connect with one or two of them right like the more people that you're around the greater the chances that somebody is you're going into to sports ball that's probably true there were plenty of people that I went to school with that were not into sports ball. I'm saying out of a class of 30 people, yeah. if you're not into sports ball, you can probably get in touch with a few other people in the, in that class. Or a, a class of you know more than that, right? Like the whole grade might have a thousand people in it or something like that. I, I don't... I don't think that everybody that goes to a government school is of the same mindset. That's That was not my experience. There. No, definitely not. Yeah, I, I got to know, you know, other geeks. <laughs> but if... And, but when we went to school, uh, and you're in your 50s, nobody, and I'm in my 40s, and Chris, you're about to be, I think, yep. in, in your 40s. So we were in school in the 80s and the 90s, I think. Is that a fair yep. thing Fair thing to say? Mostly 90s for um, me, but yeah. We we didn't have a device in front of us at all times. Well, speak for yourself. Throughout the school day. Oh, really? Did you have like a laptop <laughs> or something? No, I did, but uh, mostly, mostly your t- towards your the high school. Your calculator, I'm not going to count that. <laughs> Hmm. yeah that's yeah. fair enough i don't know a ti-83 can be pretty engrossing true uh, and i did have one of those too um i i had uh i had like handheld devices probably from like fifth grade on um before that they didn't really exist yeah but when you say a handheld device though what are you talking about uh like, either like an organizer pilot? or a palm pilot okay. or something along those lines yeah all right um i didn't get a palm pilot until i was out of high school and you know doing productive things yeah you're, you're a few years older a than me so that kind of makes sense yeah. yeah uh so but i think that that's a factor here as far as if you are in a even though you're forced by the government to be in an environment that is technically social because there are people around if you mm. are able to withdraw from that environment while you're still physically there, so you're mentally withdrawing from it by going into the world of... And, you know, maybe it would have been comic books or something like that when we were growing up, right? Like, maybe there would have been a way for somebody who is in that environment to withdraw, right? And kind of go into their own... All, their all own I'm mind. thinking right now is this kid in probably elementary or middle school that I knew, and he's, he would always have a book out. <laughs> okay. Non-stop reader. That's, that's what I'm thinking when you're yeah. saying, you know, yeah, I would, not I would, socializing at all. I did that. I constantly, constantly read. It didn't stop me from getting to know people, but right. um, I probably got to know fewer people than I would have. Mm. Yeah, so now it's worse than ever, apparently. According to the numbers, uh, loneliness appears to be more pervasive among young people than ever, but it's difficult to say uh, that it was it the virus crackdown, the, the forced you know, forcing people to stay indoors was the cause or was there, did that just reveal the crisis that was waiting to happen? Asks Vice. In previous years, younger people between the ages of 16 and 24 weren't considered to be a lonely demographic. But in 2015, the BBC's Loneliness Project surveyed over 50,000 people and found that the rates of loneliness for that young demographic were similar to that of elderly people. And that's the other 
thing that you know what you see with elderly people is as you get older your friends die right like everybody that you care about is going to die on on you basically and mm. so as you get older and older you have fewer and fewer of the people that you had cultivated relationships throughout your whole life and it, it probably gets harder too for older people because they're not likely to be or i mean i guess i guess some people might go out and do stuff but if you have to fill your day and you have nothing else to do that can be a challenge a lot of people mm-hmm. go to get jobs because they they don't have enough stuff to fill their day with absolutely mm-hmm. So uh, Timothy Matthews, says, PhD, says there are so many life transitions that go on at that stage of life. He says in his research focuses on loneliness in younger people. According to his research, those who experience loneliness in secondary school, I think that's high school in the UK, uh, leave with lower qualifications and are more likely to struggle with coping with everyday stress, experience sleep problems, and suffer from depression and anxiety. He says, quote, it's when people are finishing school and they might be going away to university, moving out of the family home or out of town while trying to establish themselves as independent adults. If they struggle to navigate those successfully, it could be quite an isolating experience, unquote. That's been the reality for Jasmine Grimshaw, a 23-year-old on a fine art student who's experienced feelings of loneliness throughout her life. She says at university, if you go about your day, you bump into at least three people you know, but it doesn't mean that you have any connection with them. So we'll talk more about this. And, and you went to college. You went yeah. to like a full-on university, right, Chris? Yep. So I'm curious to know what your experience was was like there. We'll, we'll talk about it on the way. And if you want to weigh in on uh, being a younger person and experiencing this loneliness, is that true for you? Was it true for you? This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here at the number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about a story about young people being lonelier than ever. And it isn't necessarily something that just started during COVID. It's been going on for some time, especially, I I would argue, since the advent of phones the uh, the constant ability to you know use this device all the time and if you you can observe young people generally and it's true of older people i mean i'm on my phone a lot too um but you can observe it at uh, like a restaurant where you'll see two young people at dinner together and they'll just be sitting on their phones see i would you know? think <laughs> i would think like being in communication with other people would make it easier you know, uh, not like less lonely, not more lonely, but I could kind of see if you never do anything with those friends. But well, yeah, there's a difference between talking to somebody online who you see in physical reality from time to time right. and then somebody who is exclusively interacting with, you know, video game friends or other people that they yep. will never see uh, beyond maybe uh, some convention that they happen to attend once a year or something like that. <laughs> I know those people. <laughs> no, lots of those people. And if you're happy living that life, that's fine, right? Yeah. Like if it doesn't, if that doesn't take anything out of you, then great. If you are feeling satisfied with that level of interaction, because I know there's some people that they don't like to be around other people. Um, <laughs> yeah. What do you call those people? Introverts. Yeah. Um, the the extrovert is somebody who feeds off of being around other people, but arguably even an introvert probably would feel better if they could connect with 
somebody? I don't know. I mean, technically, I tested as an introvert I when I took that quiz, what do they call it, Myers-Briggs, many years ago. I tested as an introvert. Uh, you're you're a weird introvert, I will say that. Um, <laughs> you're the most social introvert I've ever met. Yeah, well, I think that you don't always have to stay the way that you were, right? Like, can't you kind of work on changing yourself and become I, I don't know. more for, extroverted? You know, for me, it's it's been like, I, I think you're, I would probably describe myself as an introvert too, but when you're interacting with interesting people, then all of a sudden you're no longer an introvert. It's it's kind of a, that's how it was for me. Yeah, anyway. I was going to say, a lot of people you know? who meet you, I don't think would, would consider you to be an introvert because you are, uh, you have a lot to say <laughs> about, a, you, you know. I mean, it's true, yeah. but it's, it's only in New Hampshire, like where mm. I was in New Jersey, I didn't know anybody. Right. You know, I mean, oh, other boyfriend maybe, but you know, it's like I didn't know anybody, and I, I mean, I grew up, I grew up where I was living for years, and it's mm-hmm. like I don't really know. Any, I mean, I had some friends and stuff, but most of them had moved away or you know whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so you feel more connected now that you're here. Oh in yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. You have a larger friend um, universe. I feel so like I do. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely more more connected in New Hampshire than I was. That's true for I, me. I don't well. know how you. I don't know how you would be any other way. You know, for liberty kind of people, right? Unless like, you're truly an introvert and you move to New Hampshire and then don't proceed to not do anything. Yeah, that's true. And there's definitely to, a lot of people in New Hampshire like that that did move to New Hampshire yeah. and are introverts and really don't come out still. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not to say there aren't opportunities for them, but. If you don't avail yourself of them. Uh, so Jasmine Grimshaw, a 23-year-old fine art student, experienced feelings of loneliness throughout her life. She says at university, you run into people, but you don't necessarily have a connection with them. She thinks the lack of meaningful human connection on social media and transitioning from school age into being a young adult means in-person meetings come to a halt. She said, quote, when you're in school, you're face-to-face with people every day. Then you leave, and it's much harder to keep up with people since you've got your own lives. It makes it so we have to f- that we have to feel lonely, even though we're in a world with so many people. And that's like a real tragic-sounding you know, statement. I, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's some truth to this. I, I mean— I don't, I mean, I don't, and again, I don't know. Maybe it would be different depending on where you are, too. Like, mm-hmm. I know, for example, in California, everybody's fake out there. You know, fake. it's they're fake. Mm. Um, you know, they pretend to be your friend, but they're mm. not really. Um, and you know that because you've I, spent time. I, I've spent I've spent uh, not a okay. lot of time, but enough time and um, out there. And yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, the Northeast seems to be kind of and I know this is kind of funny because it is it's cold, but it's a cold place. Mm. And I don't mean cold in the weather For people. But yeah, it's also mm. kind of a we're kind of cold uh, in the Northeast, I think. Um, if you if you're comparing against like maybe California, which is kind of a, a fake friendly, mm. or if you maybe down south, it, there mm, you know there there's a little bit more. I don't know. There's more. I don't know what the Southern word is. I'm hospitality. For. Yeah, yeah. That's, mm. not, I, I, that's not quite the word I was looking for. But okay. yeah, you know what I'm saying, right? Okay. What yeah. do you think? Do you agree with him on this? Nobody. Um. I don't know. I've I haven't spent any time in California, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, the weather's nice. It's nice weather, but yeah, definitely but not good people. Yeah, yeah Florida not, has not good people. Better weather, and mm. uh, it's it's not horrible like uh, like California. California just. Uh, people tried to get me to go work in California uh, as a programmer, and I was like, "No, I want no part of this." I was, I, I, I was very close to making that mistake, and I didn't at the last moment. Yeah, 
But, Do you think it's true that people are cold in New England? Um, I don't know because a lot of the people I react or I interact with are not New Englanders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even though I'm in New England, um, you know, I interact with people from all over the country, so I don't, I don't really get a feel for. You know, what's New England? Um, I have heard that about people up here, that they tend to be standoffish uh, to begin with. But if you can get close to them, then they will open up to you at, at I, some point. I, so, I mean, I've lived in the Northeast my whole life. I lived in New Jersey, you know, mm-hmm. near New York City. And I think New York City definitely would be described as, you know, kind of cold. But so so would Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would definitely say that, like, living in Keene, living in New Hampshire amongst other Liberty people, it's it's a way different uh, it's way different than your typical north northeastern kind of hmm. you know experience. I think. Well, I will say this: uh, people on the street are much more likely to be friendly here. So that may be a difference in overt friendliness versus coldness. As far as like, I think you're talking about a small town vibe is effectively, hmm. um, and I don't necessarily, I don't think that's necessarily what I'm thinking of or talking about. But I get what you're saying. For like sure. if you walk by somebody and you say hello to them, they are almost always there are exceptions, but almost always they're going to look at you and and greet you back. They're going to say hello back. They might smile, you know, uh, or whatever. I just had it happen on the street as uh, Bonnie and I were walking Coconut here in the neighborhood. People we'd never seen before uh, said hello to us. And we didn't even initiate that one. But frequently I will initiate it simply because I know it's it's a common occurrence that yep. people are friendly enough here. Whereas if I'm on the street in New York City. Yeah, you definitely won't That's get that. That's not going to happen. Um, mm. If you get if you get to a, a so Keene's got you know we're talking about only twenty three thousand people. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a town just a little bit larger than Keene in the Northeast of maybe thirty thousand people, and it was definitely colder mm. in terms of you know people on the street than you know than it is in Keene. So but being kind to somebody in public isn't the same as being you know welcoming as far as a friendship is. Yeah, concerned. absolutely. Right? And they're and they're different. You're right. They're, it's a different sort of thing. It's sort of the be- expected behavior, and I don't think. In the Northeast, I don't think you're expected to be all, you know, friendly to people to the same degree as you might be in other parts of the country. Well, and of course, there's a big difference between the Northeast of Northern New England and the Northeast of, as you qualified, New right. Jersey as the Northeast. There's a huge discrepancy there. Uh, there's there more is. coming up. You can weigh in here on loneliness. Is it bigger than ever for young people? It's free talk. Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms? city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about apparently something that might be a problem getting worse over time, and that is young people being lonelier than ever. Uh, Well, if you want to weigh in, maybe explain your situation, your story, join us at 603-283-6160, or bring up anything you want. You don't have to talk about the topic at hand. You can take control of the airwaves here. Tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. 
And Chris. And want to make sure you know about Bitcoin.com. If you're ready to start learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, then get on over to Bitcoin.com and click Get Started at the top of the page. And that is where you can find some introductory videos where you'll learn the basics about cryptocurrency. Uh, Like, why is uh, it important for money to be decentralized? You can learn this stuff. Bitcoin.com can help you out with that. And if you're not brand new to crypto, you want to get the latest news headlines, you can find those over at news.bitcoin.com any old time. They get them updated every single day at news.bitcoin.com. So uh, Jasmine Grimshaw, she's a 30 or sorry, 23 year old fine art student. She's had lonely feelings for her whole life, said it made it worse when she got to college. Uh, and then, of course, when you get out of college, she says it's even harder to keep up with people since you've got your own lives. She says it makes it so that we have to feel lonely, even though we're in a world with so many people. Now, we have the benefit here of having moved to a place, all three of us, uh, separately. We didn't know each other before the Free State Project. This idea of libertarians migrating to one geographic area, which is New Hampshire, uh, we happen to choose the Keene area for whatever various reasons we chose it. Uh, but whether you choose Keene or Manchester or the Seacoast or you know Concord, there's going to be a community. If you're going around a population center, there's going to be an existing community of freedom-loving people, mm-hmm. many of whom are probably going to have some things in common with you beyond just the fact that you like freedom. That's yeah. that's a good thing to to you know kind of bring people together. But then there's other things like hobbies or whatever. Some people do like sports ball. Some people <laughs> like to play you know games like Magic the Gathering or whatever. Right? Like there's a whole range oh, of, yeah. of interests amongst the people who've moved here. Some some people have families with kids and they have their kids go and play together on the playground or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that's a nice thing because you have this built-in community of people that really care about something that's motivating to them and they have that in common and that's a great sort of basis to create relationships from to create real friendships from Mm -hmm. and i can see why it would be tougher for somebody who has just left a college and maybe moved to a place maybe they get just got a job somewhere in a city they've never been in and i could see that that could be a challenging environment to meet people because you don't really want to go to a bar right like that doesn't seem like the best way to meet somebody that you agree with except for the fact that you like to drink or something right Mm. like that's what you have in common with people who are at a bar Uh, (laughs) so but but it also at the same time seems like there must be ways for people who really want to create a connection to reach out especially in a city where there's a ton of people why not find groups of interest, right? Like if you like certain hobbies, you know, if you like knitting, join a knitting club, right? If you <laughs> if you like uh, libertarian stuff, find the libertarian party or whatever. Uh, that's going to be hard you in the city. The, but they exist. They do exist. I you mean, like cryptocurrency? I, I, find I'm a crypto just thinking meetup. back about your own stories, Ian, about how there were no, there's like three libertarians and you didn't get along. No, it's no, back that's, in not Florida. that's not true. I, I got along fine with them. Okay, um, okay. But that's the sort of the standard situation, though, with a with a libertarian right. elsewhere. Is like <laughs> if you don't like those people, and they weren't my friends, right? Like we only did libertarian stuff together, right? Um, mm. But that's how you're going to find friends, right? As you go and you do the things sure. you're interested in. But if there's only three in a city of you know who knows how many well, hundreds cities of thousands. are going to have more like five to fifteen or something like that. It's okay, certainly not going to be dozens though. Mm. 
That's my experience, at least. Having come from a small city, we had, you know, at least 10 most of the time. (laughs) I think you're proving my point. But no, no, no. I mean, (laughs) hopefully people have some other interests besides just libertarian activism, right? Sure, sure. Whatever it is that that you're interested in. But wouldn't it be nice to do other things that are, you know, your hobbies with other like-minded people? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So find a group that shares your interest and go out and put the effort in to meet those people and maybe you'll like some of them and maybe you won't like some others but you're definitely not going to get anything like that just sitting at home bemoaning the fact that you don't have any friends i don't know it just makes me wonder how much effort that these people that they're interviewing actually put into finding people they have things in common with yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, it probably depends on, you know, and you're, you're probably right. It probably depends on the area you're in. I mean, if you're in a more rural area, it's pro- I could definitely see it being more, It'd difficult. Be more difficult. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, an area, you know, maybe a more city area. But this is vice. They're talking to city people. I, I know. You know? I know. I know. You're right. You're mm. right. They're not going out into the woods to get their interviewees. I mean, this girl is a 23 year old fine art student. That screams city girl. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so here's another one. Tam Adisi, a 24-year-old living in Manchester, found that, I suspect that means England because they've been using some sort of British terms here, found that moving around for their career in university caused some feelings of isolation. Quote, I find it hard to find the right people to connect with and who can see me and understand me. I think being a black, queer, non-binary person makes that more <laughs> difficult. Maybe so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that a lot of my interests, the way I live my life, and the things I want out of my friendships are kind of different from what the majority wants. And having no real understanding of what it's like to be, you know, black, queer, non-binary, I I suspect (laughs) that that person does feel a bit burdened in that way. Now, Chris... You're a gay man. I don't think yeah, that's absolutely. a secret nope, no or anything secret. like that. Uh, so that does, at the very least, limit you as far as your potential romantic life. You have a partner at this at this time, and you have for for a while. I feel but... like it more opened up options in some really? respects, but yeah, really. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. I mean, guys are not. I mean, this is this is the difference between men and women. It's just women tend to be more, mm, you know, reserved about you know doing things okay. whereas you know men are like oh first date if you didn't if, if you didn't do those things well you'll never see them again you know <laughs> so <laughs> so you didn't feel you don't you didn't find that the limited your options i don't think so you're saying okay well that's that's interesting because I, I know uh derek j freeman used yep. to be a host on this show used to be my roommate here and um but we weren't partners or anything like that. Yeah. My so, so I got to experience his frustration living in a small town as a gay guy because he felt like he was pretty limited as far as his mm. like physical numbers. Mm. Yeah, right? like the, yeah, sure. Well, he sure. didn't bring a partner with him. That's true. That's true. But yeah. you're, you didn't come from a big area, right? Like you came from a small, no, smaller I, I city. No, I didn't. But I, but I will say, I will say, I didn't find my partner in the town that I lived in of thirty thousand people. Right. So, but I, I, you know. I also get out of the house and move around that and that helps, right? Yeah, I go to, like I was going at the time I was going to, you know, before COVID, I was going to a dozen conventions a year. So I was all over the country. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you, if you never leave home, I, that's a problem. It could, I guess it could be more of a problem, but like, even where I went to school, you know, I, I went to a uh, Kutztown university in Pennsylvania. I mean, I think there was like 10,000 kids in the school and, and okay. there were still, there were still like other 
know, gay people. Well, <laughs> it's sure. Not like, it's not like it was like alone. Yeah, if if uh, if it's true that gay people are one out of I, ten, then I, you've I got think, uh, here, several hundred. Here's here's what I would say. From. Here's what I would say about being gay. Um, and obviously, I can't speak to somebody who's you know trans or you know some something else. But mm. I think in my youth, it was more challenging. Mm. But once I got to like college age, not at all. Not a problem. Yeah, not okay. at all. And that's because you were pretty good at, at being social, it sounds like. You got out, you went, and you tried to do things with... with yeah. Yeah, I think it's a fair statement. And the thing about gay people is there's always... You don't have to worry about whether there's a mismatch of numbers. What do you mean you by know? that? Yeah, that's well, true. as a straight guy, you have to wonder <laughs> about, are there as many women as men around? If there aren't enough women around, then you might have a problem. But mm. it's an identity that there's always as many gay men around as there are gay men around. Mm. Um, so you don't have to worry about... Um, I mean, that number is... It has to be equal. It's it's mathematical certainty. If you want to join the show and weigh in on your thoughts on loneliness, is it a bigger problem now, especially for younger people, than it's ever been? Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, we invite you to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're discussing the the ostensible issue of loneliness for young people. Apparently, they're saying it is worse now than it has ever been, at least in our lifetimes. 30% of young people say they don't know how to make new friends, and they've never felt more alone. And, of course, this was a problem that was uh, starting long before the beginning of the various different lockdowns in the last two years. But certainly that may have exacerbated things. Uh, With you in the studio, by the way, it's Ian. Nobody. Ian Chris. And I also want you to know about Freedoms Phoenix. It is your source for all news, economic news, government overreach, insane government spending, and more. You can get today's headlines all in one place. And from a fresh libertarian perspective, you can find that and more at freedomsphoenix.com. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. As we continue here with uh, some more from the Vice story, they say that loneliness isn't a problem caused simply by social media. It isn't a case of people choosing to isolate themselves from socializing. It's a fundamental issue with how communities are formed and with the way their needs are prioritized, they say. Places in England like Icliff West in County Durham or Fieldway in Croydon are said to have higher rates of loneliness and have been dubbed left-behind neighborhoods. All of these 225 neighborhoods across the country, again, talking about the UK, have been identified with not having received their fair share of investment. So they're actually blaming government spending here for people being lonely and lacking in the resources or facilities that help people form communities. Do you think people needed to have a government in order to connect with people <laughs> prior to the state? Uh, that sounds like some leftist nonsense I'm, I'm, to me. I'm trying to think of any government like project or facility that I've ever utilized, let alone to make friends. It's it, Yeah, that just seems to me like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> Connecting welfare whores with other welfare whores, maybe? Uh, yeah, it's like who are you gonna who are you gonna meet through the government matchmaking service? Sounds yeah, like a disaster. I don't, uh, I don't see it. 
They say one service dedicated to trying to bridge the gap between different communities to ward off loneliness is Age UK's Befriending Service. It offers elderly people the chance to have a weekly phone call with someone no matter where they're based. There's a common misconception that elderly people are paired with, but in reality... Uh, there was a sentence missing there. It it's literally says there's a common misconception that elderly people are paired with, and then there's no period or anything, and then it goes to, but in reality, it is a place for all kinds of lonely people to connect. For people like 71-year-old Michael, who, like everyone who uses the service, can only be referred to by first name due to safeguarding reasons, it's been life-changing. When I visit him in his East London home, he sits surrounded by framed photos of family members, Lord of the Rings memorabilia, and a stack of four Kindles that hold over 700 books that he had to get rid of when he downsized. He lives in sheltered accommodation for elderly people, and although there are others around him in a similar situation, loneliness has plagued him. He says, I felt alone since I left school. There's only about three people living here that would say good morning to me. They were going to give us iPads so that we could talk to each other, but instead spent the money on all these new cupboards for everyone. I would have preferred the iPads. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait a minute. He's 75 and he 70 left school? Years, 71. So, so he left So he's saying since he was like in his 20s? In his 20s, presumably. Yeah. He's been, he's he's been, been lonely. lonely since his 20s? Yeah. But now the government's going to help him. <laughs> uh, Except wow. they spent the money on cupboards. <laughs> right. I, I, I'm sorry, but uh, if it weren't so funny, we wouldn't be laughing at this man's situation. But my God, I mean, on top of the accommodations, coffee mornings being stopped due to the pandemic and funding unreliable transportation. I'm sure that has to do with the government often prevents him from attending church services. This means he can go days without seeing another person. For the past five years, speaking to Gemma, who is based in Southeast England, through Age UK's befriending service every Friday morning, has changed his life. Together, they talk about Agatha Christie books and share the ins and outs of their lives. He says, I call her 100% Diamond Gem, and if I need any advice, I just ask her. But you've never met her! Right? Like, they're they're meeting over the phone. They're having a phone conversation. All, all I'm thinking is, is this even a real person, or is it, like, some AI that's, like... Oh, God, what if it were? <laughs> yeah, it's just a Turing test. Yeah. There's a realistic possibility, Chris, that it could very well be that. And Especially that now. Be, yeah, that would be truly <laughs> sad. Mm. Those are getting better and better, too, aren't they? They are. Now, yeah. I, I personally haven't spent time testing these things out, but I know that that's a, that's a thing. Certainly the voice, um, especially if you're not really, like, if you don't have the skill set to, to, like, detect it. to detect it, yeah, yeah you could easily be fooled by, by uh, I mean, that's not AI, but it, it, it just the, yeah, <laughs> it sounds like people, like, I mean, think about it, even when you just call up a service. Uh, it's getting pretty good where it sounds like it could be a person. Yeah. Especially especially at the first. I've read Agatha Christie, though. Well, that's true. Um, but just think about it this way. When you, whenever you get a, a spam call, if it's if it, if if it sounds like a real person at first, you, you might actually think it's a real person until mm-hmm. it, it gets a couple more words out. Then you can tell. And then you can tell. But some people may not be able to pick up on that. Right. So Maybe a 70-year-old man. Who yeah, especially a 70-year-old so, man. is so lonely that he is just happy to hear what sounds like a yeah. human being on the other end of the line. And I, like I said, I have not spent time auditing any of these services but if it were me programming one of these things 
I would have the AI ask questions, right? Because if the idea is to make somebody feel like they're being listened to, because that's what most people want, yeah. right? Like you, you go and you look at uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Great book. Uh, it talks about if you want people to like you, you should let them talk about themselves. Yeah. Right? So if this Gemma is a, is a uh, an actual robot, now again, leading, leaving aside that she knows a thing or two about Agatha Christie, but if she's on the line with this sure. this real person who never gets to talk to anybody and all the robot does is ask him questions about what he likes or what he did or what he's, you know, the things about him. Then he'll spend time just talking about himself, and at the end of the conversation, he'll think this is a really good friend, and this yeah. is a, this is someone he wants to talk to again because he was able to simply express himself. Yeah, and, and you have to remember too, especially when you're talking about older people. You know, if, if a spammer calls them up on the phone or a fraudster, mm-hmm. they'll talk your ear off. Yeah, um, you know, so uh, you know, older people will talk the the, the fraudster, fraudster or the spammer or whoever yeah. his ear off. And uh, that's how they that's how they take advantage yeah, of these. Right. People, and that's it? that's basically how the uh, romance scams work. Yep. So. Uh, so, yeah, that's really interesting. I actually there's an app that I use uh, called Home Workout and they, they do advertisements in there to support their their app. And one of them that just makes me shake my head is this app about this friend that you can download an app and have this friend talk to you. And it's it's clearly a computer like it's advertised as a computer friend. So it's not, they're not trying to hide anything. Yeah, yeah. And it's just the idea that someone would be attracted to this circumstance, <laughs> like that someone would actually click on this so they could talk to a fake uh, person. So there, there must be some demand for that out there. Well, some people like sex robots, you know. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, that's going to get more popular, too, I suspect. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's there's uh, polls that have been done that show a surprising number of people are are interested. It's not a majority, but it's you know that sounds a like fifth. A, it sounds more of a kink uh. to me. Um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it is a little bit like porn. I think kind of you know. Mm. So. For Des, a 62 year old South Londoner, the befriending service helped her to find solace after she became lonely when her mother passed. Quote, the first call I had with Margaret was on my mom's birthday. It has a little bit of selfishness going on there, though. It's like therapy for me. For her friend, 73-year-old Margaret, the calls where they talk about their shared love of cooking and gardening have been a lifeline since the pandemic hit, and her regular visitors stopped coming and didn't return after restrictions eased. That's just so sad. Mm. Uh, she says, I had a nervous breakdown and was on my own a lot. It's very isolating. You just feel as if you're stuck in the four walls for the rest of your life. And that may be why there's video coming out of Shanghai of people jumping to their deaths from their apartment complexes where they're forced under lockdown uh, to stay all day and all night. I presume that is, I haven't checked in in recent days. I haven't days, seen but, that. I've seen the videos of people screaming that's happening too yeah those are the people who have not yet gotten to the point of suicide but some of them have it's it's happening on a more than once a kind of an occasion there's like a compilation wow. of uh of people jumping to their doom you can join us here i mean if if i was in that situation and it's like i'm gonna die i'm sorry i'm gonna take a soldier with me <laughs> <laughs> there's more coming up here 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 you can join us share your thoughts uh it's not an uplifting episode so far we're talking about people who feel lonelier than ever it's free talk live 
Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, kicking off the second hour here. Phones are open. You can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up, Chris, you've got a story about the government planning some new set of restrictions to protect the children on the Internet. Oh, God, who's going to protect the children from the government? Yeah, good question. Yeah, that's the scary part. We'll get into that on the way here uh, with you tonight, by the way. It is Ian. Nobody. And Chris. Uh, we're going to go to your calls, of course, whatever is on your mind at 603-283-6160. We've been discussing people who are lonely and the the young people specifically, even though this article has now gotten into elderly folks, that are also uh, having a difficult time. But don't worry, the government has a plan. They've got a service now that's going to help people by connecting them with other people on a phone call once a week. <laughs> like, that's it. That's what the that's the big deal here, is that they get to talk to somebody on the phone one time a week. And God knows how much money that this government program is receiving to play uh, elderly matchmaking service. We can tell you more about it coming up here in moments. And if you want to weigh in on whatever's on your mind, of course you can join us at 603-283-6160. We've got Sarah on the line in New Mexico. Sarah, you're in your 60s. Uh, Do you consider yourself to be a lonely person? No, I am not a lonely person. You know, know, one of the reasons is I get to talk to you guys every night. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Then, okay, that was fun. Well, it's yeah, better than once takes, a week. Yeah, that's true. Well, that takes away my a lot of my loneliness, and I get to hear a caller from Ukraine and all over the world and have different perspective and people that want to criticize me and all that. So, but it's it's a lot of fun. But I, you know, I feel like I'm making changes in life by calling the show so that it. When you are in service, I was always told that if you're doing something that you think that you're making a difference, it it does uh, make get you out of depression, and and that's how I feel about the show. So, but I just I wanted to bring well, up. Well, I'm glad that, we are able to be of service. It's true. <laughs> well, and then you guys uh, gotta help me out with that. Yeah, write out a check. Do I write it out to your name or do I write it to Free Talk Live? You gotta coach me. And do you have I wouldn't a worry PO about box? it. What were you calling in about tonight? Um, but I, I, I will call you, you know, off the show. 
But, um, you know, I want to say that, you know, new technology, you know, it does help our lives um, a lot better. And I never liked self-checkout when I first seen them. Hmm. And I was like, oh, another thing that I got to learn. But once I realized that it's it's very convenient, once I got used to it, I just like the idea that I make the cashier's life a lot easier. And that was my You mean by putting them out of a job? <laughs> well, well, the thing about it is that the ones that do have a job, I, th- I think, I mean, they need less cashiers, but whatever cashiers that they have, it, it just uh, of a less stress on them. Are you saying that you're a customer that tends to cause an employee stress, that if, if you go through a cashier's <laughs> line, it's going to be a difficult time because you're constantly pushing communism on them or something? Like, why are you such a bad customer? Yeah, okay, that's funny. Well, you know, I just feel like if you're waiting in line and then you you want that person, it just feels like if, if I'm in the line, they have to, I see them suffering, you know, kicking people out in front of me. But if I have the robot, if I interact with the machine and then I don't, I don't, you know, they don't have any emotions. I have not, you know, I've burdened them in any way. And, and, and once I got the hang of it, I could do everything by myself. Wow. Even at Home Depot, they have the remote one that if you have a a large item, you just remote you just have the the handheld uh, unit. Remote. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking that's about. Correct. You can the, the scanner, the handheld scanner at the the Home Depot. Right. That that's interesting yeah, that you, you feel to, like uh-huh. using the robot actually improves the life of the cashiers <laughs> because yes. they have fewer customers going through their line. That's that's your viewpoint. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that, that's how I feel about it. Because when I'm when I'm there, I have to, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I just have to see them suffer hmm. and work, and you know. Oh, just, so from I see where you're coming from. So just seeing them have to actually do their jobs frustrates you. <laughs> so you'd rather use a robot, which of course you know would lead them to being out of a job, and then you hope that they get on welfare so they can be more like you. <laughs> oh, well, you know the. I don't. I don't know. About I think them. I'm. I think I'm picking up what you're laying down there, Sarah. I don't well, agree I mean, with they, it. But. They, well, I mean, what is wrong with uh, getting out of their job? You know, I mean, it's just it's inevitable. That's that's the wave of the future. Well, if they you know? go and do something else that's productive, there's nothing wrong with it. Leaving a job for a better job, leaving a job to create a, a business, to be an entrepreneur, those are all better options because then you continue to be a productive person. You continue to help uh, society. You're offering something to the marketplace. But to go in the direction that you would probably like to see them go in, which is to start receiving checks from the government and essentially... Uh, you know, living for no reason, then that uh, that I, I think is kind of depressing. Yeah, but you know, I all of those. You're not saying yeah you know, because you're agreeing <laughs> with me. You're saying yeah because you no, just want to move on to the next thing you want to say, which is fine. Well, what I think about is that either or. I'm not. I'm not saying the one is better, whatever the outcome may be. But you know, I mean, the thing is, there. I always believe in opportunity. You know what I mean? If they, if they don't have that job, there's always going to be something else open. Uh, you know, I have an uh, oper- You know, it's like, uh, oh, if they're out of a job, they're going to starve to death. I, I don't. I don't think like that. There's going to be other opportunities for them to do. There's going to be ways for them to survive. That's Other true. Than, for for anybody right. that does want to actually create something in the marketplace to provide a product or a service, those people will always have 
uh, opportunities to move up in life and and be better and you know not have to be stuck on a government check. Thanks, Sarah, for the call tonight. All I could think of there was imagining Sarah talking to an AI. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, the AI is. I, I think she's the perfect candidate. I, I was imagining for, for having that. like a special AI line that we could transfer Sarah over to. <laughs> See how and, long she goes on for and just see if she'll talk to the AI <laughs> oh, for uh, for a lengthy period of time. See how long. Yeah, hmm. it could be done. I, I don't have the tech for it right now, but yeah, it could be I, done. I, I have to say, I, I I tend I tend to be too nice to people who just go on and on and mm-hmm. on. Uh, but it's it's like yeah, it's if we had it, I would say, and we have Sarah on the AI line right now. We're gonna check back with her in five minutes, and we'll see if she's still going on, and then check back in another five minutes just to see what she's talking about with the uh, the AI, just to see how long it would go before Sarah would finally say, "You know what? I've got a cake in the oven. I've got to go," you know, and hang up, hang up the phone. <laughs> Uh, it, but that presumes she cooks. The number is 603-283-6160, and you can join us here. Technically, I, it presumes she bakes. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> That's what you would do with an oven. I, I just see somebody delivering food to Sarah's like house every day. That's what I'm envisioning. Uh, who knows? Maybe she's handy in the kitchen. I, I don't know. Could be, we could be wrong. Yeah. 603-283-6160. She doesn't sound like she's 60. I think it's her probably her early 60s maybe late 50s i feel like she said she's in her 60s though it's at some point huh. all right so we're talking about loneliness and uh i don't know i don't think there's really much else from this this story advice do, do you guys feel like we've you know do you have i think we've covered what you needed it. to cover yeah on that one all right so i'll share the full story if you want to look at it over on our social media which is at social.freetalklive.com and that's not the same thing as having actual relationships with people but for those that <laughs> want to have a social media presence we do have that option for you and uh and you know it's a big thing these days it's just we're not a big evil mega corporation so we're not going to tell you what you can't say over at social.freetalklive.com so please head over there interact with other free talk live listeners and other hosts of the show and it is free and there's some really great apps by the way for mastodon which is the system that uh, that we are running over there and so you can you've got actually a choice of apps that you can use if you don't like app a you can try app b c and d and see which one it is that you like the best coming up Kids are unsafe online, or at least that's what the government would like you to believe, and they've got a solution they're proposing. And Chris, you're going to tell us oh about boy, it. Oh boy, what a solution. Quick, somebody panic. Yeah, the latest control system that they want to put in place. You'll tell us about it. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160, and you can also take control of the airwaves here and bring up whatever is on your mind. Plus, we'll talk about DuckDuckGo continuing to crack down on internet search results. Who are they targeting now? We'll explain on the way. talk live you can join us here you can bring up whatever you want to discuss the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 in the studio tonight you've got ian nobody and chris and you can join us online head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have waiting for you there uh, also want to say thanks to Rick Hall, who is a Free Talk Live silver supporter of our AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to help Free Talk Live 
get on more great radio stations around the country and bring new internet listeners on board with the ideas of freedom. So if you like what we do here, please do as Rick Hall has done and go to amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there with PayPal or your debit or credit card. And it helps us out a little bit, so definitely appreciate it. You get some cool benefits uh, from doing that. So once again, it's amps.freetalklive.com. <laughs> so uh, we've got more online-related news here. Uh, Chris, you've got a story about a new threat to Internet freedoms. Uh, what's going on? By the way, you host your own show. It's called uh, Freedom Decrypted every Saturday. So people that really like to hear about technology and freedom really ought to check that out at freedomdecrypted.com. Yes, that's correct. Yes. <laughs> yep, five to eight every Saturday. But you can also download uh, po- like a podcast version of the show as well. Nice. It's, we have both video and uh, audio. So um, yeah, I got a story here from... So this is actually more of a press release from the EFF in regards to it. But the Electronic Frontier Foundation. That's correct. Right? Uh, yeah, they do a lot of good work when it comes to outing bad laws. Yeah, or they're bills, basically a, a group of lawyers that focuses yep. on tech freedoms. Yep. So um, basically the headline here is the Kids Online Safety Act is a heavy handed plan to force platforms to spy on young people. So basically sounds creepy. This is another example of government wanting private businesses to, I want to say, do the government's job. But really, I don't think this is the government's job. This is, you know, like, I don't know, maybe a parent's job. (laughs) If anybody's. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Here we go. Uh, put but the name of the bill. I mean, no one could be opposed to protecting what? the children. Yeah. And nobody is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. All right. Putting children under surveillance and limiting their access to information doesn't make them safer. In fact, research suggests just the opposite. Hmm. Unfortunately, those tactics are the ones endorsed by the Kids Online Safety Act of 2022, COSA. Introduced by... Didn't they already have the Kids Online Protection Act? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They've had so many bills like this that Papa. have been shot down by the, the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm. In the 90s, I think they, they, they I think they did it like at least four or five, six times uh, where they passed the same bill that had been shot down by the U.S. Supreme wow. Court. And it just got shot down again and again and again. Um, it, I don't think... It, this bill may be a little bit different than that, mm-hmm. uh, but basically the gist of that was, I believe, something to the effect of like the rights of adults cannot be infringed to protect the children effectively. Hmm. And it, and and I believe that one had to do with this basically, is what the Supreme Court ruled. Yeah, and okay. I believe I believe that had to do with like porn websites and hmm. demanding. You're talking ID. about the Communications Decency Act. There was a bunch of them, um, okay. but that might have been one of them. Um, so I think one of them did have the word child involved or or child in the title of the bill, but child Mm. online protection act is one of them. I know that. Yeah. I've seen that one around. That might, one of them, uh, or multiple of them. So, so the, so the interesting part about that is the one or more of those bills didn't completely get like thrown out. It's parts of it. So Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. are some still some things in some of those bills that are like, okay, if you have, if, if it's. A situation where you are operating a website and you're expecting kids under 13 to be on that website, you have more more obligations than if you don't. Hmm. And that part of the bill, I think, is still in effect, that or the law, I should say, at that point. That's why it, websites have a little checkbox that says, I'm yep. over the age of 13. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, our hands are clean. Uh, exactly. Children are protected. Yep. And and the funny thing is, it doesn't actually stop children from like, <laughs> using those services or sites. 
It's um, just kind of so. a touring test. Are you smart enough to check the box? Yeah, yeah, it pretty much is right. Um, but again, this is this is like one of these situations where it's like, okay, whatever happens to parents and you know being responsible for for their own kids. You know, it's like mm-hmm. anyway. Introduced by senators Blum Ethanol and Blackburn, the bill deserves credit for attempting to improve online data privacy for young people and for attempting to update the 1998's Children Online Privacy Protection Rule, COPA. But its plan to require surveillance and censorship of anyone 16 and under Hmm. greatly endanger the rights and safety of young people online. COSA would require the following, a new legal duty for platforms to prevent certain harms. COSA online a or I'm sorry outlines a wide collection of content that platforms can be sued for if young people encounter it. Oh my! I mean this. I mean this just sounds absolutely crazy. This this you know this <laughs> this sounds a lot like uh, I forget what the bill was now, but um the bill basically uh, hindered prostitution uh, or on like sites like Craigslist and really anywhere on the internet. Um, but it, it, it's the same sort of thing where if, if you don't shut down any kind of personal ads, it, they're just personal ads, but yep. because they could be in theory, somebody pretending to be looking for a date, actually looking for sex, then, uh, you're then liable for it as a, as the site owner. So yeah, there's a lot of risk to that. Yeah. I remember that when that came out, that was why Craigslist shut down their personal section. Right. Right. The consequences mm-hmm. of these they just sorts, didn't want to deal with it. Right. The consequences of these sorts of, um, you know, laws or bills, uh, proposed bills, um, can be significant and well, harm. in that case, it drove people more underground right? right so instead of being able to just simply advertise your sexual service or whatever on craigslist which may or may not have been illegal on its own uh you know if you're charging for sex in most places that's illegal but now you're forcing those people into even seedier places even more dangerous dens on the internet or yes. whatever and that's not a and, good thing and they and they, mm-hmm. they put it off as if it's they, they term it sex trafficking which is kind of ridiculous because yes, it, it was is. actually harmful to women uh you know to prostitutes um whereas before they could do some amount of research on you know who they're going to hook up with Mm -hmm. and now they're forced back onto the street and Mm -hmm. you know in very uh you know risky situations to say the least i I talked to some in manchester who said they went from two hundred dollars an encounter to forty dollars an encounter also yeah wow. it, it doesn't surprise me i believe um we've been uh Ian, in, at the um state house on one or two occasions where mm-hmm. you know they had actual prostitutes um you know up to take the stand and you know explain that this is actually hurting you know uh them it's a danger to them sure. it's not you know protecting, not protecting women um it's not protecting prostitutes it's not going to stop traffickers that's and, for sure right and it's not helping it's it's actually it's it's actually good for traffickers mm-hmm. um, and, mm-hmm. and not because there's still going to be somebody providing the service. Whereas before, you know, they had a pimp and somebody got a cut. Whereas if they're on doing it on Craigslist, there's no cut. There's no trafficker involved. Mm-hmm. So they're doing the exact. These bills often do the exact opposite of what they're proposing to mm-hmm. do. So including promotion of self-harm suicide okay well you're picking up on the list of things that the site would have to prevent yes prevent children from encountering hmm 
All right, we're going to continue here uh, in moments. Basically, they're saying, oh, well, you can't even have users post anything. Exactly. Uh, There's more on the way. 603-283-6160. You could share your thoughts with us. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Insight Daily Radio. Conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture since the 1970s with more than 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program. And he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the creative journey that continues to bring Lake Wobegon to life. When I started writing a novel and I cobbled together some Lake Wobegon stories called Lake Wobegon Days that came out in 1985. It was quite successful thanks to the radio show. And so that that uh, armored me to keep on trying. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, has just been released and is now available wherever books are sold. See Garrison Keeler live on stage May 2nd at Red Rocks Amphitheater. Keeler will be joined by iconic artists including country music star Brad Paisley, soprano Ellie Dean, Elvin Bishop's Big Fun Trio, vocalist Heather Massey, and many more. Enjoy a live show filled with Lake Wobegon stories, humor, music, and audience sing-alongs. Red Rocks Amphitheater, May 2nd. Reserve your seat today. Talk live. Phones are open. You can join us. 603-283-6160. There's always some sort of an attack on internet freedom happening in the supposed land of the free. And Chris is telling us the latest version, the latest uh, bill that is being proposed. Now, again, this hasn't passed, but there's always something like this looming on the horizon. The people uh, in the quote-unquote internet community if there is such a thing it seems like it's almost everyone these days is, <laughs> yeah, right. is online with the exception of our caller sarah and people like her uh but it's probably the majority of people are online to some extent or another whether it's just for work or uh for other reasons and uh and those of us who value freedom those of us who value the ability to express oneself on internet forums and websites and such should be very concerned with these proposals. And Chris, this is the Child Protection Online Something Act it's, of 2022. It's COSA uh, is what it's called, and it's Kids Online Safety Act of 2022. Yeah, so. and so you're kind of giving us a rundown of what this uh, is proposing to do. Yeah, the, the big bullet points, so to speak. So can you recap this laundry list of things that yeah. you were just going through yeah, that, that it's going to tell... Kind of got cut off from, sure. Yeah, it's going to tell website operators that they must protect children from the following list of things or else yes. they could be liable. Right, exactly. And and that's significant because if you have, like, say, a class action lawsuit, which you know is going to happen, um, you could you could, especially if it's a smaller player in the market... Mm-hmm. You know, that may not have the resources to police, because if you actually do what the laws say, um, I mean, you basically have to have somebody screening all content, which impossible, right, which we know is impossible. Um, the alternative might be to do some really strict filtering, maybe 
Um, and then, of course, most content that gets posted won't get posted because it's, you know, it, 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 it's, it gets caught by the filter. And this is so. supposed to be protecting, quote unquote, protecting anyone under the age of 16 or 16 and under? Yeah, six, right? under 16. So. So are you going to be able to, before you get to the list, are you going to be able to have a checkbox on your website that says, I am over the age of 16, 16? and then, then will uh, you be completely exempt from uh, from any of this? I, I have I have my, my suspicion. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I have my suspicion that the answer is probably no. No. <laughs> that's, that's my suspicion. Yeah. Um, I right, mean, you know hear- how these things go. Yeah. So let's, let's hear see. It. So a new legal duty for platforms. Legal duty. A duty. For platforms. That's an obligation. Yep. He said duty. <laughs> Not what I meant, but yes. Uh, platforms to prevent certain harms. COSA outlines a wide collection of content that platforms can be sued for if young people encounter it, including promotion of self-harm, suicide, eating disorders, substance. I mean, you would think that some of this stuff is like, oh, I don't know, information to help people like solve their eating disorder. Like, like those are the kinds of sites too, that they're also going to end up having to, you know, uh, block or they're not going to allow, you know, young people who may actually have a de- eating disorder to see mm. uh, because that's that's going to put them at risk. Substance abuse in other so every drug forum is going to be completely outlawed. Yeah. In and, this case. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're literally I mean, they're probably banning sites or content, you know, that would be like anti drug, too, or, you know, by that. Oh, I don't know that. about that. But there are definitely I mean, forums out there. I've, I mean, I've been on them. Blue Light forums is is one of them, uh, where people who use drugs post to one another about their experiences or their opinions or whatever. They're, you know, going to work or the different stories that they want to tell about their lives yeah, using I, drugs. I don't know. I don't know. I, I if, if it's just anything that contains information, mm-hmm. which is what it sounds like to me. It, well, it sounds like the promotion of is what they're saying. Right, so a site. But where that, would you ever find a site promoting eating disorders? Th- those I think do exist. I, I've not looked into them myself, but there are communities for people who have those problems. Uh, and aren't they, they usually like self help kind of things? Well, there are those, but I suspect there's the other side of it as well, where there's well, people me, who glorify it. To me, it sounds like mm-hmm. they're they're trying to outlaw like self help type groups and things like that too. But I don't know. That's, uh, that's one interpretation. I, I I would hope that doesn't happen, but. It is government, so it just depends it's, on who's interpreting it. It's likely a side effect of this bill, but again, I mean, unfortunately, like what we don't have here is like the actual like bill, and it, even with the actual bill, it might not oh, I'm be sure clear. It's hundreds of pages either. long. So. Right, right, right. Which is one of the problems yeah. with you know, on a talk show, you can't exactly read the whole bill or anything like that. But uh, substance, neither did the congressman. Yeah. So here, here's some other few other things: substance abuse and other matters that pose a risk to physical or mental health of a minor. I, I don't know. I guess I guess that maybe means that you're right, Ian. But I don't know. I mean, that's like something that would be interpreted probably in a court. Uh, compel platforms to provide data to researchers. I mean, that's <laughs> that's like you know that's kind of messed up. And elaborate. And that's funny too because they're prohibited from doing that sort of thing right now. Um, you can't, uh, you know, provide data in many cases. Like again, it depends on the country and things. But in a lot of places, like in the EU. You're not allowed to provide, you know, researchers and other third parties uh, with data of others because it would violate I'm trying to think if I'm trying to think which which law that might be. But um, there, there's what 
can't think of it at the moment, but I, I bring it up all the time. Um, GDPR? Yeah, it might be the GDPR, um, or it might be something similar that passed around the same time. But um, the, G- the GDPR is a general data protection regulation, hmm. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of interesting because this kind of does the opposite of that, hmm. um, it sounds like. An elaborate age ver- – this is probably one of the more disturbing ones. An elaborate age verification likely run by a third party would be – they'd have to implement – um, okay, so that so that would be different than just the checkbox, which was what I was asking about before. That's what you, it sounds like. Yeah, because so, I was asking, can you get around this by just having if, a little checkbox saying you're over the age of 16, and now no, you're <laughs> gonna have to have some sort of age verification service. So that would probably require an ID. This, I mean, uh, this sounds it sounds sounds unconstitutional based on you know 1990s era Supreme Court rulings. Um, that when, doesn't mean they won't pass it. I, I won't, mm. won't. I will not be surprised if they pass it. Yeah. But in theory, it, there's already court decisions that say you cannot hinder the rights of free speech rights of adults effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, well, you, know, you have to, to prove children. you're an adult. They're going to they would argue that, well, yeah, we're not in we're not hindering the, I mean, the free problem, speech rights of adults. The, but the thing is, children, they've already young ruled people, that other, against that, though, that argument. But, so, well, look, young people have free speech rights, too. It's not just because you're yeah. an adult that you get free speech rights. You don't just you don't cross the age of 18 or whatever the age of majority might be in whatever jurisdiction. Yep. And then all of a sudden you have more freedom to speak. No, yep. you should have the freedom of speech under what's, that age. What's the famous quote? Um, even even at schoolhouse steps, you know, to government schools. Mm-hmm. Your your free speech rights are preserved to some degree. They should be. Um. Yeah. So it's yeah. Unless it interferes with uh like the normal operation of the school. And um. You ha- still ha- even as a minor you have those rights. Yeah. Free speech rights. And as despicable as it might be to say that a minor should be ha- should have the freedom of speech to go and talk about their eating disorder. In a positive manner, which is, of course, what they're trying to prevent here. I mean, most people would say that's that's not a good thing, right? Because that's what freedom of speech is. You should I be mean, able to say things that are not necessarily that's, good. That's also kind of a perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know. Well, I don't think I don't think you'd be able to find many people who think that uh, eating disorders are a thing that Probably should be promoted. The, I, I mean, I, th- I would think the people who have eating disorders would would be in favor of it yes that's what i'm trying to tell you chris yeah. they probably have forums for people who have eating disorders and glorify it the people that that feel good about sticking their finger down their right, throat and right. puking uh after okay. a meal that that it's unhealthy right like I, there's not anyone out there besides someone who's suffering from this disorder that would look at it and say oh yeah bulimia that's a good thing no, no one looks at that and says oh yeah sure Puke up every meal that you have, kid. That's going to help you be a healthier. Hmm. Like people don't have that opinion who are sane, uh, but the people who have mm-hmm. the disorder do have that opinion. Right. They believe that it's good for them. Right, right. And so they have probably places where they can go online and get tips about how to, you know, well, be reinforcement of their or, of their yeah, beliefs and, and kinda, reinforced. Yeah. And yeah. so, so that's how they're trying to sell this. Is like, well, we want to get rid of those forums. We want to get rid of these dangerous I mean, par- parts parts of the wow. internet. And that is a crackdown on freedom of speech. It and is. So, those people should have the freedom to do that. I hope they find some help personally, but they should be able to talk to one another about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. There's more coming up here at 603-283-6160. Maybe you're a little more familiar with these types of places online. I don't even know how I would go about finding them, but I'm sure that they exist. <laughs> the number is 603-283-6160. And freedom of speech is all about protecting the unpopular speech. And this bill is going to crack down on it. More coming up.
is Free Talk Live. You can join us here, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We have a question in our YouTube chat from Oregon. He or she says, why don't y'all have a TikTok yet? Well, actually, we do. It's at Free Talk Live on TikTok. Bonnie created it uh, several weeks ago. There's uh, probably like five or six videos up there that she has taken the time to create. We don't dance, do we? No, no dancing uh, okay, as of this t- as of yet. <laughs> uh, I don't. Th- I don't think Bonnie is. I'm not uh, going to dance. Yeah, Bonnie would probably look good doing that, but I don't think she's in- into that. Okay. Uh, but no, it's clips of Free Talk Live. Is she's taking oh, okay, some, some of her favorite moments from from recent shows and. And putting those up there, you can check that out. Uh, you know, I don't know how much time she's spending on it uh, these days, but it, there may be more content coming, so it doesn't hurt to follow the channel if you're on TikTok. It's libertarians of TikTok. Now, <laughs> that's right. TikTok, is TikTok the one the tweens are into? Young people, yeah. yeah mo- okay. Mostly young people are there. The bulk of the viewers of our clips are like between yep. 16 and 25, yeah. uh, as I understand it, and they most of them don't watch for more than 20 seconds at a time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they aren't known for their... Uh, attention spans yeah uh, anyway and welcome to show attention span theater yeah but we are there so check for at free talk live on tiktok or you all i'm thinking is to, for how long you can well yeah who knows yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we don't expect that they're going to keep our account around for forever because you know you basically it's a chinese run website or chinese run app and yeah, so they yeah. don't like it when you criticize the government any government yeah basically <laughs> Uh, but for now, it is there. You can go to tiktok.freetalklive.com. That'll take you right to our channel. So, Chris, you're telling us about this new bill from the uh, the federal government gang that is proposing to put in a mandatory age verification service on websites. Yeah, and a bunch of other stuff, too. And prohibit them from having content that promotes self-harm, eating disorders, substance abuse, and mm. other topics that they don't want young people to hear about. Any matter that poses now, a risk uh, the physical age harm verification, to young people. I think, is, is a big part of the reason for the bill, because that basically means that nobody can start up a new site, okay? Because if you start up a new site, you have to have money to pay for this age verification mm, right. bill. Those don't come but free. But new sites are... N- but new sites are not profitable. Yeah. So it means that pretty much the online services that exist now will be the only online services that ever exist. That's a great point. Well, within the United States anyway. Um, sure. Uh, well, but, yeah. they have no problem prosecuting foreigners for voting. I mean, look at what That's they're true. doing to Julian Assange. That's right? true. That's true. Yeah, um, so so there's some other things, too, here. Uh, parental controls. Everybody is going to end up with a default on uh, set of... Uh, uh, the way they phrase this is turned on and set to their highest settings <laughs> to block or filter a wide array of content. So... Get ready. Why How do you, you even determine who their parents are so you know who can control this thing? Age verification. It, it won't be. It'll be on. It, they're literally talking about turning on age verification for everybody. And the default is going to be if you don't verify, I think it sounds like it's going to be. I, I don't know. I don't even know if that's an option. You can't verify. You don't get through. Yeah, the, you don't the get access up. to the site, I guess. Yeah. But um, wow. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know if this is just... How do you even have something on the front page for somebody to see? Like, how do you even tease them into the site? I, I don't like, know. this is the content that you're going to get. Is that going to violate this thing? I don't know if this is... See, and I don't know if this means that if if you don't verify that it will just be set to maximum for, for everything, or mm. if you'll have to log in and then it will still be set to maximum by default for everything, even if you're an adult. I, I don't know. Um, well, that's the thing. But, Some of these... Uh, websites out there there's no content that they would be allowed to show under this particular set of circumstances right um unless you know they implement this age verification because the idea is to protect teenagers and younger basically so 16 and and younger from seeing things like eating disorder information Mm. and like a chat room maybe or something like that yeah not things that are against eating disorders but things that are in favor of uh, of eating disorders and I just went around and I looked here just because I remembered that there were um, terms that the people that would have the eating disorders that are promotional of them, that are actually in favor of them, use. So they use things like the word Anna to sort of the short for anorexia. They use Mia as a short for bulimia. And so they have pro-Anna and pro-Mia websites and forums hmm. out there. There's one that I found relatively easily by searching for the the term thinspiration. I found a forum that is it, the forum is actually titled myproanna.com, but then at the top they have a disclaimer that claims that MPA is a site dedicated to the support or recovery of those suffering from eating disorders or body dysmorphic disorders. So it sounds almost like they're trying to help. But when you look at the actual content, it's pretty clearly these are people that support eating disorders. These are people that are into this. Mm. And so this particular website would have to completely lock themselves down under this program and put this age verification service in place. God knows what those things cost, as you pointed out, nobody that Mm. I've never looked into it. But every time you sign up for a crypto website, they put you through one of these things, right? Where you have to show your ID and you have to hold the ID and there's a computer that determines. We we already know actually how this works because we've had this kind of in, you know, for specific uh, pornographic websites back in Mm -hmm. the 90s. And if you uh, You wanted to to access a U.S. website back in those days, you had to have a credit card and mm-hmm. then you would buy like a password or something like that and and then you'd have to enter that password on you know whatever sites and there was a cost to that so yeah. it, well you say it's the 90s that rule was recently i believe passed in the uk where they're mandating that yes. all porn sites have yep. an age verification and service in a credit card it regard. doesn't actually stop you know young people from accessing porn sites either because no, just take they, your mom's credit card well there's that <laughs> that that's a solution yeah. um, but the other solution is simply going outside of the uk or going outside sure. the united states and accessing foreign sites it's you know this is the thing that i think a lot of people forget is the internet is not like a, there's not a single legal jurisdiction and even the United States doesn't have the ability to shut down websites in, say, Russia or, you know, Ukraine or um, China, you know, and, and, and don't get Thank me wrong. Goodness. Some of those countries already have even worse laws in this regard. Mm-hmm. But the point that I'm making is simply that there's always going to be somewhere that you can find a host where maybe it's a war often, actually, uh, one of the places that like 
spammers and you know hackers and things operate from are war-torn regions where there is no government effectively or there is no uh, effective policing anyway. Um, so they can basically operate freely when it comes to you know hacking or setting up servers or malware or whatever. So you know they're called bulletproof hosting companies. Mm-hmm. So it, this is not something that's like, and this is not something like that's hard to sign up for. You just kind of have to you know be in the know a little bit if that's mm-hmm. what you're looking for as far as a service. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're pretty relatively easy to find. You just basically have to do a search for bulletproof hosting, and, okay. and you'll find them. So, all right, what else do we need mm-hmm. to know about this bill? Yeah, so um, so it would likely result in further tracking of all users, uh, even if the objective of this system is effectively for you know parents to spy on and control the conversations of young people. Um, so that's that's a big one. Data collection is a source for every internet user, regardless of age. And in order to avoid liability for causing the listed harms. Nearly every online platform would hide or remove huge swaths of content. And because each of the listed areas of concern involves significant gray areas, the platforms will over censor to attempt yep. to attempt to steer clear of new liability risks. Yeah, so there's there's a lot. Um, there's a they're going to cut. They're going to cut out young people from their user base. Number one, they're just going to say you're not worth the risk. You know, we're not making money off of you, so goodbye or whatever. And uh, and then, like you say, number two, they're just going to be super, super cautious about what they allow. They're going to have ro- – because they, they can't have a human being review all the content, so they're going to have robots do it. And the robots are going to detect certain keywords like, oh, you're, point- you're posting about and, drugs. And the crazy thing about- is they're, they're guaranteed to fail. Um, there will absolutely be content that, that gets, through. gets through the filters, yeah. no matter how strict those filters are. So you're basically creating liability for companies that can't, that really don't have any way to stop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they get sued, and then yeah. they're out of business. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, in theory, if there's enough liability here, I don't know to what degree that liability. Like, I, I would think there's some sort of limit here. But I don't know, right? Is is the limit? You know, can you sue and get a billion dollars? Is I mean, mm. or is it limited to a hundred dollars? Is it limited to ten thousand dollars per user? Can you do a, uh, you know, and then of course, even if it's only ten dollars, if you can do a class action lawsuit mm-hmm. and it involves every single child in the United States, well, that's going to be a huge number too. That could put somebody out of business. Mm. So, yeah. So, so basically, censorship is not the answer, and that's, and the EFF is opposing this legislation. Absolutely. Do they have a way for people to take action on this? I think it's too early for that. Okay. Um, this so. has just been proposed then. Yeah, this, okay. is a, this is a proposed bill. Um, hopefully it doesn't get anywhere. But yeah, I mean, we, this is the kind of stuff we got to keep fighting. So. We got more coming up here. Uh, hour three is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program. Phones are open if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We're talking about potential new restrictions on online freedoms in the so-called land of the free, which does anybody really call the United States the land of the free anymore? <laughs> the land of the fee and the home of the slave. Yeah, yeah. All, all I'm thinking is a song uh, that we were forced to sing in like elementary school. 
Which one was I that? I can't tell you what song it was, but it had the words, those words in it, Land of the Free. The Land of the Free and Home of the Brave? Yeah. Yeah, that's the national anthem, bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew I, I knew I recognized those words, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can see I don't go to spo- sports football games because that's where they sing that. There so. were some other songs they had us sing that were also very nationalistic yeah. in, in school yeah. at some point, but... Uh, and if you want to comment on that story, it was from the Electronic Frontier Foundation. I did just post the link on our social media site over at social.freetalklive.com. If you want to learn about the quote-unquote Kids Online Safety Act, the latest attack on online freedom of speech. Another Ooh. thing you have to deal with when you're online is the fact that uh, these search companies are getting more and more, let's say, opinionated about what they're going to allow you to see in their search results. Mm-hmm. It used to be the idea behind a search website, a good search website, would be that there'd be no bias to the search, that the search would simply return you the most relevant results that their web crawler had found on the entire internet, right? Like, that's that, the way it was That's certainly, their, that would be one's objective to attracting users anyway, for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then what we found out during various political seasons in the last well, half a decade or so, maybe a little longer than that, was that Google was leaving certain results out or promoting other results over top of some, you know, what you might have actually been looking for, giving extra result, you know, rankings to things that they were in their political favor, for instance, like maybe promoting the Hillary Clinton campaign over Donald Trump for instance, or making mm-hmm. it so you couldn't easily find the story about Hillary Clinton in the email server that uh, that she had, what was it, hacked or something like that? Or it was like a real easy password to crack? I forget all the details on it, but she had some sort of illegal email server. Yeah, yeah she just had an email server with a bunch of classified information on it that... Uh, that she wasn't She had to have. no business having. Yeah. yeah I, I, um, and the... Uh, the easy password was actually uh, John Podesta's uh, password, um, and uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was one of those that just made you facepalm. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, uh, he, of course, was the one who was talking in his email about uh, $30,000 worth of hot dogs being ordered to Chicago. Right. And, it was very uh, strange. And pizzas and... Uh, handkerchiefs, right? Didn't he have the handkerchief thing? Yeah, there's the handkerchief thing. Which is like and, gay code, as I understand Um it. Well, pizzas and, and hot dogs are supposed to be anatomical references to what sort of children, children. you like. Right. Um, oh, Chris, you haven't heard about this? This is part of the whole Pizzagate controversy I, i've I, I don't know i so i've heard of pizzagate i yeah. i don't necessarily know i've heard of that like being yeah those were in john podesta's um emails yeah very and questionable there are some very weird coded emails is that, like is that really that a thing wrote. like it, that almost seems like it's so hard to believe that well the thing is it is obvious that the that he was writing in some kind of code, code. okay mm-hmm. okay because he's talking about hot dogs and pizzas <laughs> right. in ways that <laughs> don't make sense now the way that it does make sense is if you interpret uh these as being 
um, ordering references to yeah to to something uh, that he wants, and that's what the theory is. But what we know for sure is that he was writing coded emails that were clearly in some kind of code. Okay. So whatever it was he was saying, he he did not feel comfortable even as being one of the most powerful people in the country mm-hmm. in saying it openly. Right. And he was also apparently using the handkerchief code, which is some sort of like they have different colored handkerchiefs. I guess it goes back to certain people in the gay community when they wanted to advertise what they were into sexually, they would hang a handkerchief out of their back pocket or something like that when they were at a club or whenever, whatever the circumstance. Okay. And that would show that they were into dirty things we can't talk about on, on the air. Sure, as as, sure, uh, sure. Sexual preferences. So apparently he was using that code Th- as this well. This must predate like my my... <laughs> My time period, because I don't know what you guys are talking about. You mean your time period as a gay guy? A gay as a man? gay guy, okay. I have no yeah. idea what you're talking about. It so does like, go back a ways. From yeah, yeah. It sounds like something from the 1950s. Yeah, you know, it like, probably was something when you couldn't be at like a gay club. It was probably yeah. something that was a more uh, subtle communication method. Yeah, I'm thinking 1950s, mm. going to a restroom, and I don't know something. Yeah. So, uh, why don't we talk about John Podesta? <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, oh, it yeah, started the, the, with the, the Hillary Clinton. Results. The search results. Yeah. The search results, okay. Right, so Google was restricting certain search results, and, and one of them was, like, you couldn't easily find the story about Hillary in the, in the emails. Like, the autofill thing, where you, ty- where you type into Google search, and it starts filling automatically things that people search for. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were, like... The things that were critical of Hillary Clinton were not showing up in that search uh, search results. It was all like puff piece mm-hmm. things about Hillary Clinton. And so you had the story about Google and that kind of you know made some headlines. And of course, that led people to say, well, OK, where do we go? Because Google has had the, the bulk of the search traffic for two decades now, basically, mm-hmm. at this point. And so it's become a verb. People use the word yeah. Google instead of search. Yep. Uh, and and yeah. so, you know, what do you do to break that? Well, you have to promote some other search engine. And I guess the, the upshot of of that, that that should be mentioned is that if anybody tries to tell you that the 2020 election wasn't rigged, they're either stupid or they're lying. Mm-hmm. OK, because it was definitely rigged, uh, whether or not. Um, the fake, whether or not fake ballots were put in, I don't know, but big tech did everything they could to rig the election. They did a hell of a lot more than the Russians did in 2016. Mm. Um, and, uh, and the horrific thing is that if you even suggest that the election was rigged on YouTube, they will boot you off. <laughs> but it was. It yeah. absolutely, objectively was rigged well, here's the by thing. Twitter, by Google. I'm not convinced it would have made any difference in tr- if Trump had won re-election. I mean, he was he was signing the bills to inflate the money supply big time. That happened. The first yeah. big inflation was under Trump. He was promoting I, masking. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it would have made that much I'm, of a difference. I'm not sure I like the word rigged. I think manipulated. Is, I, I prefer the word manipulated. Um, I, think, I think Biden what might be 
a little more friendly to their interests maybe than than Trump was. But overall, I don't think you would have seen a tremendous, you know, there, there, you know, Trump didn't reduce the size of government in his first four years. He certainly wasn't going to do it in the second. Yeah, I mean, so, there's yeah. definitely other examples. I'm, I'm not even saying that he would have been better. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the election was rigged. Sure. Um, and it was tr- clearly rigged and it was obviously and openly rigged by Twitter mm-hmm. covering up the uh, the Hunter Biden story by oh, yeah. Google yeah. covering up everything negative. Are, are we talking about-, about actual voting fraud that's being covered up? Or are we talking about just the, the manipulation of like search results? We're, we're talking about uh, fraudulently uh, covering up for politicians uh, who are corrupt, like Joe Biden, uh, and covering up the Biden crime family's okay, like to money, okay, getting paid okay. off, and this is important, getting paid off by the Ukraine. Ukraine. The <laughs> same people that they are pulling out all the stops to protect the Nazis in the Ukraine, those are the people that were paying them off that yep. Google covered up and Twitter covered up. So this is a huge criminal conspiracy. Always has been. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Of course, the real conspiracy is the fact that government is a thing. But it's there's true. more on the way. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us if you want to talk about whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can follow us on our Odyssey channel. If you are sick and tired of platforms like YouTube, you mentioned uh, Mm. nobody mentioned the fact that YouTube is incredibly censor happy these days and recent years. It's gotten worse and worse. Uh, if you want to have a lot more freedom to express yourself, you should check out the Odyssey platform. That's where we stream live every single night. And you can download archives of the show there as well. Uh, video archives are available over at video.freetalklive.com. That's a URL that'll take you right to our Odyssey channel. That's video.freetalklive.com. Please give us a follow there. Uh, we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts, but there's more to say about search companies that are getting even more biased over time. It's getting harder and harder to get a good unbiased search uh, out there these days. And so if you've got a recommendation as far as what you like, because DuckDuckGo ain't good anymore. It might have been something in the past, but that's what we want to get into here in a moment. First, though, to your calls and thoughts, Law Dog is on the line in Michigan listening to WKHM in Jackson. Go ahead, Law Dog. How you doing, guys? Hey, what's Got going on? Uh, hot off the presses down here. Detroit Red Wing octopus twirling Zamboni driver was fired for urinating in drain. Files discrimination suit. He's going to win. He's got a he's got a four uh, type of program here. He didn't get his verbal warning. He didn't get a written warning. He didn't get a performance improvement program. He just got the, the fourth step is determination. They got to follow that. Otherwise, Hold on, slow down for a moment here. Statement and back pay. In which drain was he urinating? He is urinating in a sewer drain. And the problem with that is? <laughs> problem was that somebody uh, 
ratted him out for doing that. The guy's had 51 years of service. I mean, there's a lot of places I can think of that are way more offensive to to urinate than a sewer drain. drain. Is is the idea he was supposed to use the bathroom and for whatever reason didn't? It was more convenient to just go in the drain? Like, what's the story around this? Do you know? He didn't think he didn't think anybody was around, and uh, he's got prostate problems, you know. Okay. And uh, he he just decided to uh, uh, take a leak there in the in the drain, and somebody uh, uh, ratted him out and busted him, and uh, they uh, they humiliated him, and uh, he should get reinstatement and back pay for this. It's it's disgusting. Just to clarify, you're saying it's disgusting. He was fired, and you believe he Absolutely. should be reinstated. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Who is this guy, uh, anyway? He's a Zamboni driver. He's, he's a Zamboni driver, and he, he twirls octopuses, you know? The, um, he, he twirls he, octopi? Octopi? Octopuses. You know what? Octopi, yeah. The eight-legged creatures. Hey, he's got a thing that he does, I guess. You know, he's yeah. like, some yeah. people you juggle what cats. A, you, know what an, you know what an eight, eight-legged octopi smell like? Probably not so great. Gretchen Whitmer. Thanks for Have the a good call night. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's the governor, wow. by the way, of Michigan that he's referring to. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what do you think? The thinking? one with the uh, fake kidnapping plot. That's right. The FBI-derived kidnapping plot. Oh, yeah. He says he has benign prostatic hyperplasia, a condition which causes an uncontrollable uh, need to urinate, according to the Detroit, Detroit Free Press. That piss him off. Subka or Sabutka was standing between two Zambonis on February 2nd and urinated into a drain when he was spotted by a fellow employee. He was fired two weeks later. So, yeah, he's been known for spinning octopi over his head after fans threw them on the ice. He told the station he has trouble sleeping at night after losing well, his job. Maybe that's because he mistreats octopi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem that offensive to me. I got to agree with the law dog here. I think this is not a big deal. Who I'm cares? more upset about the octopi. Right. Um, I'm still not quite sure I understand why they would fire him over it. I guess they thought somebody was offended. And so, therefore, well, we just can't have you peeing into any old drain. I mean, every other word that comes out of, I don't know, my mouth, I feel like somebody's offended by. Yeah. I mean, does that mean I should be fired? Well, you don't work for a corporate no, job. No, but. And well, I mean, technically I do, actually, but no, those, I get, I get no, what you're you saying. Don't. Well, it's a corporation. Yeah. You run your own company. Yes, but it's a corporation that yeah, I work for. but you for. can't fire yourself. That would, be, that would be challenging. <laughs> I, I'll give you that, yeah. That's different than working for, like, a corporation who's real touchy about what people think about them, right? So they have yeah. to be concerned uh, with that. Let's go to Dave Ridley on the line here from New Hampshire. He's finally back after an extended stay in uh, Colorado with some family. Go ahead, Dave. You're Welcome back on. Welcome back, bro. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Well, I am going to be firing just a little bit blind here because I don't have internet right now. But there's a couple of events I wanted to mention, and you guys may be able to fill in some of the details that I can't can't get online right now. But apparently, there's going to be a convoy, a freedom freedom convoy of some kind to the Capitol in Concord, New Hampshire, on April 30th. You know anything about that? Uh, no. A freedom convoy from where to the uh, Capitol convoy? Do you know that? No, I don't. I heard about it from Therese Grinnell about a week ago. Oh, okay. Therese is uh, uh, the leader. I guess she runs. Uh, I think she runs We the People NH dot org, and she's the one who was arrested at the governor's meeting for saying the word "amen." That's right. <laughs> yeah, she definitely was. Wow, that, is that illegal? 
Uh, well, hopefully they're, <laughs> they are going to court over that particular arrest, so we will find out over time what the okay. court system thinks about that. Uh, no, I have not heard about this one, Dave, but I am in a few different chat groups with her, so I expect that I probably will see something at some point about it. I know they've been There's doing be regular um, protests. She did tell me the other day, she was on the New Hampshire exit call over the weekend, and she did say that they're having regular protests on Saturdays at the State House. So this may be a, a modification to that where they might be convoying in to that uh, regular protest, perhaps. Yes, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to mention that, uh, that next. Uh, so if you go to wethepeoplenh.org, then you find their 12.30 p.m. protest, which apparently now happens every Saturday. Or it's more, I don't know if it's a protest or a gathering, but every Saturday at the State House in Concord. What are they protesting? Oh, who knows? It's probably good, though. <laughs> it's, probably something, it's probably something bad. No, but, they, you know, uh, Therese, I mean, if you think, uh, I mean, basically game out what we the people in H.org tends to be doing. It's mostly like kind of constitutionalist, conservative mm-hmm. leaning libertarian leaning um that's yeah, it's the type that's of the uh, people who are critical of let's say chris sununu the, uh, the the governor of new hampshire and maybe some of his actions during the the lockdown situation yeah. which technically wasn't really a lockdown in new hampshire but you know that time that time frame he was being a real tyrant uh so people that are upset about that people that uh you know care more about freedom than not but may not be necessarily libertarians yeah, on every issue don't know i would call them libertarians but they're they're definitely they're definitely a minority that's more of a conservative minority that is in agreement on some issues with libertarians. Yep, that's, that's a, I'd say, a fair summation of that. Dave, uh, what else did you want to share? That is all. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. That's Dave Ridley from The Ridley Report. Uh, we continue here with the frustration of these search engines getting more and more political. Uh, more and more restrictive in the results that they will show. What are the best options out there? There was some controversy recently about DuckDuckGo. And if you want to weigh in, you're welcome to join us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. As always, you can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160. If we get the chance, maybe we'll talk about shoplifting. It's on the rise as well. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Phones are open. You can join us here, 603-283-6160. Talking about search engines online becoming more politicized and making it more difficult to find what you might be looking for. Here in the studio with you tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We invite you to join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. You can... Interact with other Free Talk Live listeners on our Matrix chat server, which is available to you over at chat.freetalklive.com. It's actually not the server itself. It's just a website that tells you how to get on the server. There are some hoops that you have to jump through. It's not the, yeah, I wouldn't say it's the most intuitive process, so you should follow the instructions over at chat.freetalklive.com. But once you get into it, super easy to use, and uh, it's 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 been working great. So check it out. That's chat.freetalklive.com. Uh, so we're talking about the restrictions on various different search results. Google's doing it. Microsoft is doing it. Their search engine, in case people don't know, is called Bing. I don't know anyone that uses it, but it's out there. I, 
I don't think it ever actually was successful outside of a financial perspective, um, as I understand it. So, meaning it's making money for it, Microsoft. It covers its costs basically, huh. but it doesn't actually like it, its user base is really really tiny, yeah, so nobody be. uses it. Of course, Google is the dominant party out there, but a lot of people for a long time had talked about DuckDuckGo. Yep. And then DuckDuckGo started to show signs of being biased. In the news, it was uh, po- pointed out that DuckDuckGo, apparently their chief executive officer, Gabriel Weinberg, tweeted in the last couple months that the search engine would rank websites, quote, associated with disinformation, unquote, regarding the whole Russia-Ukraine situation, lower in its search results. He said, like so many others, I am sickened by Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the gigantic humanitarian crisis it continues to create. So as a result, they're going to restrict uh, certain information, what they consider to be disinformation, which is, of course, whatever the Western media says is disinformation. (laughs) You know, I I can be disgusted uh, by that, too, but that doesn't necessarily mean I think it should be censored. And I think that's a, a big, important thing to point out. You know, if you only ever hear one side of something... How do you ever get to form your own opinions? You're you're, you're basically just being brainwashed. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm not telling you that RT is telling the truth all day, every day, but I want to be able to see what it is that they're saying. I want to be able to make up my own mind, and companies like Microsoft and DuckDuckGo are making that more difficult. So it's not to say that you cannot find RT, because if you go to DuckDuckGo and you search for RT, it comes up. Uh, or rt.com or whatever it's gonna it's but the gonna question is do articles come up if you search for like a the certain, content yeah, yeah like yeah. certain content yeah and that's the thing that that they may be you know censoring so it looks like right. they're not censoring but they really are now apparently and something i didn't know until tonight DuckDuckGo's search results are provided by microsoft's bing yep <laughs> so they don't even have their own results and that's not uncommon in the world of alternative search engines some of them will just give you the major engines results and they, they pretty much are all that way yeah and that's one of the questions i was going to ask you chris as somebody who um, knows a thing or two about mo- a little more than tech than the average uh, yeah. person out there so, why don't why don't more companies do their own web crawling and do their own databasing it's just too hard to do you're never going to be able to crawl as many websites as google is going to be able to crawl um they have massive massive uh uh, server mm-hmm. uh, farms is that the word um sure you know warehouses of dedicated these servers to dedicated to you know crawling constantly websites crawling. And constantly doing it and it's going to be up to date like you know it might be okay so maybe you can crawl three-fourths of the internet let's say just mm-hmm. i'm making these numbers up guys but fine but uh you're missing that means you're missing a big portion of it right and you're doing it but maybe you're doing it once a year or once every six months whereas google is doing it every single day so and so it was easier back in the day, right? Because, you know, 20 years ago when there was Alta Vista and Yahoo yeah. and Dogpile or whatever the other ones were, there was a bunch of them back then. They all were doing their own thing, weren't they? They weren't just... Dogpile was a... Yeah. Uh, Made um, a crawler, I think, right? Yeah, they they took results from, from like five different, different engines. search engines. Yeah. Web crawler. There was one called Web Crawler, wasn't there? Uh, they, there were there were a bunch of them. There were other search engines. Um, you're right, and they pretty much kind of died off, more or less. Um, but they were all doing their own crawling. Is it because the internet was so much smaller back then, and it was just easier to I do? Mean, I I don't know. I mean, also the systems weren't as powerful back then either. So mm-hmm. even back in the day, Google didn't have the uh, Google. It used to be search results from Google were way out of date too. Mm. Um, you know, again back in the 90s. So 
I don't know. That's necessarily the case. It's it's just that Google became so large and you know is well funded and everything else, and they had some government contracts and things, I believe, uh, that helped you know kind of scale their operation and some other stuff going on. But, you know. All right. So we know Google's doing their own thing. Obviously, Microsoft is probably not using Google results, are they? I think Microsoft actually is their own search engine. Um, right. There are other companies using that as a back end. Like yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I don't. Yeah, maybe Yahoo might be using it too. Uh, but really? Yahoo never. Yeah, Yahoo used to use Google as their back end yahoo was never actually a search engine it was a index index site and then the search engine results have always been some third party so um yeah and um, who else is who else is out there is there anyone else besides (laughs) microsoft and google that are doing indexing or rather searching crawling the web and providing independent results I don't know. Does anyone know that's what I'm thinking and I don't know that they're I'm trying to think Microsoft Google that's pretty i mean i feel like there's a third one i'm missing but uh yeah there's not there really isn't the search engines are like yeah that really sucks yeah (laughs) Uh, and and it's leading to to stories like this one which the headline that i had at the beginning of the show i've now found has been updated so DuckDuckGo was getting criticized for restricting access to pirate websites so sites like the pirate bay for instance Uh, those results were not coming back when people were searching for them on DuckDuckGo. Apparently, that those have been restored at this point, and DuckDuckGo was claiming they were having issues, so this wasn't some sort of new policy to restrict pirate sites, but now they're blaming Bing as the reason why the difficulties were happening. Yeah, there is another one. There's Yandex. There's a Russian search engine. Oh, really? Um, I don't know if they're actually out of Russia, though. Um, but yeah, it, there, there there might be one or two others out there. Maybe there's a Chinese one, too. I think there might be a Chinese one, too. But yeah, there's not a lot. There is there is one interesting, uh, supposedly de- decentralized um, presearch.org. Um, that might be an alternative. The results do seem to be pretty decent. What was it? Free search? It's pre, P-R-E, pre-search. org. And it's like a, it's sort of like a, I don't want to say it's, I don't know, I don't know, peer to peer is not quite the right word, I don't think, but um, it's it's like a kind of a blockchain kind of huh. search engine, um, hmm. but I, I'm not saying it's the best search engine. I'm just saying it is. How does a blockchain better help with re- a, with a search engine? I don't know. I don't know enough about the details. I just know hmm. it exists and I've used it. So, according to the story here at Torrent Freak, they kind of go into the history of, well, which sites had disappeared from DuckDuckGo, and then that they all of a sudden came back. Uh, they say here that it's clear the search engine wasn't happy with what was happening. They never actively removed any of these sites. Instead, and this is torrentfreak.com, by the way, a third-party data provider, quote, removed the results for them. Like many other smaller search engines, DuckDuckGo uses hundreds of data sources, including Bing. After some back-and-forths, DuckDuckGo's spokesperson informed us that Microsoft's search engine was the culprit. Quote, yes, this is related to using data from Bing, said their communications manager, Allison Goodman. She also asked us to share a list of additional sites that were affected so they could look into them. And then after a few hours, they sent over more domains and those have been since restored as well. They say it's understandable DuckDuckGo wasn't happy with the coverage. However, the problem was real. And since it's emanating from Bing, other smaller search engines that rely on that data may be affected as well. She clarified by saying that since these occurrences had originated on Bing, they were passed down to our results as well as other Bing syndication partners, she said. For DuckDuckGo, it may be tricky to resolve the issue permanently as long as it relies on Bing. Aside from the potential legal implications of actively restoring pirate sites, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of other domains that are still unfindable. 
We don't intend to keep hammering on this, but as the time at the time of writing, the streaming service Gimme.app is not showing up in the search results. While looking into these issues, we noticed that Bing also affects DuckDuckGo in other ways. From what we can see, the DMCA removals, which is DMCA's the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, also spill over, including inaccurate ones. So this sounds like a real problem. Yep. Uh, and what is the solution? If you've got one. You got billions feel, of dollars, Ian? Uh, feel free to share. <laughs> That's the nope. answer. It's uh, the only answer. Feel free to share it with us here at 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us here in the remaining moments, which are happening now. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about the frustrations of search engines these days and how corporate they are, how censor-oriented they are, restricting results, lowering certain results below others for possibly political reasons and such. And financial reasons. Yeah, that's true as well. Uh, Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. We're wondering, though, what are the alternatives? Uh, DuckDuckGo, we found that they're getting political recently. They're starting to derank certain Russian-related websites as quote-unquote disinformation. So they can't be trusted. Plus, they're relying on Microsoft's results in the first place, which has recently resulted in pirate websites disappearing from their results. So Mm. what are the other options uh, you mentioned a, a website called PreSearch, which appears to be some sort of a crypto-related company. Yeah, some sort of blockchain uh, search engine. The results seem to be pretty good. You've um, used it, yes, uh, okay. a little bit. And uh, I, I will say they're not as good as, or the or the output of the page is not as well designed as Google's results. So I will admit that I'm not always the. It's not, despite the fact that it's the default in my, I believe at least on some of my computers, it's the default search engine. I don't use it that often. Yep. Also, we're just digging a little bit because I knew about Brave Search, uh, the Brave browser, which is sort yeah. of a privacy-friendly browser. They claim to have a privacy-friendly search and their website claims that Brave Search is built on top of a completely independent index doesn't track users, their searches, or their clicks. So that's an interesting claim that suggests that either they or some partner of theirs is doing their own indexing of the web. So it might be worth a look. If that's true, uh, the results are probably not going to be that great. But I am kind of curious now. Yeah, might be worth a look. It's one of those things where you get to change your habits. And, of course, that's the hardest part about getting away from Google. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's go, though, to Olivia. She's in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Olivia. Hey guys, before I get to my point, uh, I just wanted to tell nobody I sent him an email to the address on his uh, Church of the Invisible Hand website like a month ago, and I haven't heard back. So, maybe, oh, maybe you know, me back. I I got that, and I I thought it was you, and I misplaced it somehow. So, <laughs> if you could resend that, I would greatly appreciate it. I was going to sure. mention that if you called in. Very good. Was there another reason you were calling? Yeah, my main topic tonight, so it's a Friday night, and there's probably people out there who are kind of lonely. I know there's a, there was a time period when I was calling in every night because, uh, well, you were like Free Therapy Live. You were the only people who talked to me, <laughs> but I wanted to let people know that um, there's 
something called warm lines that I didn't even know that existed because you'll always hear about like the crisis hotlines, mm-hmm. like suicide hotlines. Sure. But if you're not to that point where you're going to self-harm and you don't want cops showing up at your house, you just want someone to talk to because you just need someone to talk to, just mm. like a kind, anonymous stranger. Um, they have a directory of warm lines if you do a, a like a Google search. <laughs> and um, there's also a website called Seven Cups where anonymous listeners, you can just type chat to them and and they'll you know seven cups like c-u-p-s cups yeah like seven cups of tea is where that comes from okay um and is it the number seven c-u-p-s is the website right exactly is it a dot com do you know what the whole thing is the dot com okay and that's that's for online chat with other people yeah there's listeners from all over the world and it's completely anonymous Mm -hmm. so you can just type to a supportive stranger and if that stranger doesn't work out there's tons of people who are on there at day and night like all hours and there's also something called if it's in the middle of the night and you're like really having you know something going on in the middle of the night and there's like nobody um seven well, cups works if there's also- nobody then just talk oh. to nobody <laughs> <laughs> um there's also a San Francisco Night Ministry, sfnightministry.org. So if you're, um, if you know the hours of, um, of, um, not what's Pacific time is between 8 p.m. and 4 a.m. Mm. So if you're up in the middle of the night and you just can't calm down, um, they have a they have a number you can call to talk to somebody as well. Okay. So I just wanted to throw that out if anybody's just in a in a dark place right now. Yeah, good advice. I mean, it actually comes back around to something we were talking about in the first hour of the show, which is people who are lonelier now than they've ever been, uh, whether they be young people or elderly folks or just anyone. So uh, thanks for the suggestion. You said the, the first one that was called Warm Lines, and there are a variety of those. There's not one particular website. Just go and look for those. You'll find them. Right. There's actually a, a directory of them online. Mm-hmm. Um, let me let me grab that real quick. It's called warmline.org, and okay. they have warm lines all across the country, like in every state, but most of them are during the day, which is why I brought up the San Francisco um, gotcha. night ministry because they're, they're through the night and the early hours of the morning. So Good advice. Thank you, Olivia. Thanks for the call tonight. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-283-6160. Sounds like a useful service for people that are in uh, in need of that. Yeah, especially if they want to send the cops to your door. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's what I would always be afraid of exactly. if I ever needed such a service. Yeah. So the, the trick, of course, with these other search engines is changing your habit. Now, I presume that it's relatively simple to change out default searches on browsers if you can go and find the steps that you need to take to do that. Because usually a, a web browser comes with a little search area, right? And then, Or in many cases, the actual URL area is a search area. And I don't know how easy that is to change. but It's pretty easy to change. It, it okay. depends on whether or not the search engine is in their list of like plug if there's a plug option for it yeah there isn't always yeah so it may be harder with some browsers than others and if it's not yeah if there isn't a plug-in good luck you're gonna have to be a technical person i presume it's easier Mm -hmm. to use the brave search if you have the brave browser itself uh i have not investigated this it's brave search is something i've been aware of but i gotta admit i haven't changed my habit i haven't taken the time to actually implement that into uh to the actual browser that i use um, one of the things I have been trying to do is not use the word Google as a verb mm, and yeah. and trying to consciously replace that with 
search online or something. I realize it's more yep. syllables, so it's not as convenient to say, but uh, search is certainly short enough. I don't know why I feel the need to add online. Like, how else would you would you yeah. search for something? <laughs> but that's something I've been trying to do to to kind of change my in my head the association of the word Google with search. I'd rather associate Google with evil things, absolutely, uh, than search. Yeah, didn't they change their slogan to "Be Evil"? Many years ago, I think they did that. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's there's a good piece of advice uh, that I think it was Richard Stallman actually, um, but basically. The advice is effectively, if you use Google, look, Google can be hard to avoid, mm-hmm. all right? They make everything from phones to search engines to email. You may not be able to avoid the search, but you can certainly avoid the email, and you can certainly yep. avoid, you know, a pure Android for phones, right? So if you if you don't use the same company for all three of those things, you, you're, you're going to make it much more difficult for them to track you mm-hmm. and connect you, different things that you do effectively so, right so just think mm. think, think of uh, if you can't get away from the google search engine get away from their gmail get away from android good advice uh and if you've got a suggestion for some alternative because what we're looking for is a search alternative that is not based on google's results or based on microsoft's results and there are so many of them out there that just are essentially an, an intermediary, right? So, like, StartPage uh, is one that a lot of people are aware of. If I recall them correctly, they're just using Google. It's just that they have them in between you and the Google trackers. So, that way, in theory, Google doesn't know what you're searching for if you search through StartPage. That's all it is. It's just essentially a front end. Yep. And it sounds to me like mm-hmm. DuckDuckGo is doing the same thing, but for Microsoft results instead of uh instead of google so those that's a problem uh and hopefully it's true what brave is saying here and that they do have their own actual index i'd like to know a little bit more about it Uh, according to their website they claim that it's still in beta so brave search is is pretty early uh out there and that it was announced this past march i presume that was last year yeah that was uh, 2021 so it's just about a year old at this point uh, when Brave acquired Tailcat, and since then there have been over 100,000 users who signed up for preview access and testing. Do you know what Tailcat is? I have not heard of Tailcat. I'm going to guess it was some sort of a, a search engine, but... You would think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tailcat. What is hmm. Tailcat? An open search engine that provides browsing services that was acquired by Brave. Yeah. Perhaps um, named for two basic Unix utilities. So, so one of the things I will point out is that the technology for search, like a search engine, exists. Uh, so you could, if you're a really technical person, go out there and create your own search engine mm-hmm. based on totally your own crawling and indexing and everything. The problem is, again, it has to do with the servers, like the yeah. amount of server hardware that you're going to be able to have access to. And then you're going to have to scale it. And then how do you compete? Yeah, you've got to be able to crawl the whole right, web and then right. serve that data to God knows how many people if it catches yep. on, right? If so. you can do a distributed one node, that makes things a lot better. Right, and that technology exists. A lot of people can can put a little bit of resource. And that's them. the idea behind the pre-search one, right? right? The distributed. Uh, pre-search.io is their website. And then search.brave.com is theirs. And we'll see you tomorrow night, freetalklive.com.